So hi everyone and welcome to my podcast. Today I have my friend Shant Swaroop actually with me online. And Shant, I think I've known him for more than seven, eight years. Uh, haven't had the opportunity to be close, but recently Shant kind of shared a few um, Instagram stories which talked about a uh, certain mental health handles that have some helplines and you know um, which I kind of use can have mental health health practitioners talk to you if you're going through anxiety, if you're going through depression, if you're going through a difficult time during this lockdown. And that's how I got to talking. And I think I've had a few conversations with Shant where he has spoken about um, mental health. And I think he's uh, probably not one of them, but the only male friend that I've had, and I've spoken uh, to him about this, who uh, kind of has spoken about mental health openly, and we've had discussions. So I really thought it would be a nice idea to have Shant on this podcast. He's on the call right now. Hi, Shant. Hi, Basha. <laughs> so, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Glad to be here. Let's do this. Good, good. So I was telling you I'm going to start with like a structured a few questions that I thought I'll ask you. Yeah. Firstly, how are you doing with this lockdown and, uh, you know, uh, what's going on? Uh, very interesting. It's... Um... I don't know if my thoughts are original because, uh, like, I have read somewhere that nothing has prepared you for this. Nothing has yeah, prepared true. anyone for this. So there is no yeah. uh, barometer or parameter to define what is right and wrong. If, yes, absolutely. So I just try and take every moment as it comes, see how I'm reacting, yeah. try and analyze it, and then we'll move on. Right. So, okay, let's jump into it. My first question with, for you was, you know, uh, how did you come across uh, these mental health handles and what has been your journey with mental health and how did you feel comfortable enough to uh, say, you know, just have a conversation uh, about it? Um, well, I have always been very pro-mental health as far as far as I remember. Um, I, mm -hmm. Even if I may say so myself, I've been compassionate in nature. That stems from yes, coming... Surely. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that come that stems from coming from a family wherein um, a lot of emphasis was placed on um, psychology and spirituality and stuff. So, like, my dad would mm. be very spiritual. We, I've had like spiritual spirituality based talks with him since a very young age. So, I always had that bent of mind. And uh, right. my I there are some things about you you notice and big characteristic to to you so one of the things i noticed is that uh, from a young age i would uh, i had this i don't know skill or what do you call it that when i talk to people strangers or friends they tend to open up and share stuff with me that they themselves are surprised later on that you know that they catch themselves saying that you know why am i telling you all of this i haven't told this to anyone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one of the things I, I've analyzed that about myself and I realized one of the things that I do consciously or subconsciously is create an environment of non-judgment. Basically, right. who you are as a person, what do you think, um, if it's different, if it's not, it's not something to be, uh, you know, pulled out and uh, taunted or whatever. That's, that's yeah. primarily like very organic in me. So that's where it starts from a home environment. Secondly, in school, hmm. I used to be um, the butt of many jokes. Like it's it's tragic, but you know, uh, people used to call me Kalia and all along along all those lines, and all throughout school, like there is. Right. And um, 
they just um, i don't know appeal to uh, the emphatic nature that i have that when you know something hurts i don't want to do that to someone mm-hmm. else so even though right. if i would sometimes be a guy who teases someone and i see that it's not mm-hmm. going down well i always stop mm-hmm. and ask them are you okay i'm sorry and if it's not okay please tell me and stop right away and that has all there's no exception to that rule of mine so right. yeah being bullied and being put in a spot uh, mean kids or whatever you know it uh, just mm-hmm. made me go deeper within myself and analyze these emotions of whatever anger hate and um, frustration right. upset like you know i mean things like you can't help you know that you're dark who's going to do anything about it and uh, yeah. to, for that to be called out upon like i literally had as i grew up and i met a few of my friends i remember mm-hmm. um, we were having conversations and i was a bit smarter i mean i had gone to college and i met some of my old school mates and we were and i was like giving them as like giving them good like giving them back and they just mm-hmm. stopped i i appreciate humor humor has been one of the biggest things for me it also is a uh, a way to break uh, break mm-hmm. barriers make people relax mm-hmm. and talk to them so mm-hmm. there was this point in a conversation where my jokes were actually funny i was actually putting in some effort to you know pull people to like it was there was some some a bit a wit you know it had some wit in it whereas they just stopped everything right. and just started chanting kaliya kaliya for like 10 15 seconds straight and i just mm-hmm. that's when i realized that you know that's just not a nice thing to do um mm-hmm. but but i digress uh what i'm trying to say is that i always believed in doing unto people as you want them to do unto you so right. if something doesn't feel nice i wouldn't do it to someone and mm-hmm. that is one of the things um second thing is i've always been uh, a very very calm kid yeah my name is shant swaroop mm-hmm. but <laughs> and i do tend to talk a lot but um, i do have a sense of calm um internally like right. the world may be falling apart but i still seem to have this very calm mind that kind of is analytical and helps me push through so right. even mm-hmm. when i was young um, even though if i would be on the verge of tears i wouldn't cry and um, i would just hold mm-hmm. it all in just so that you know i won't give them the satisfaction of showing mm. that they got through to me and all so right. so it was like like um in in hindsight i'd probably say it's for a lot of training for uh, you know trying to be stronger from within and you know just assess my own emotions and right. uh, so that that is one school ka part and then there was also um, in in my personal life family whatever there were there were adults who who enjoyed talking to me about stuff because they thought I was more like you know more than more mature than my age showed so right so one of the things i would do was that not react like very stoic in mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. and uh, and the defense mechanism that i got of not showing my emotions uh, subconsciously um, became a standard so you know right. heartbreaks or tough calls or whatever thing i do not react like even now mm-hmm. it's very very tough for me to cry like I've, i i yeah. i i i kid uh, i pull like, i i teach people when they cry at theaters but i think it's adorable i do it in a way adorable manner it's so sweet that you know you are you're mm-hmm. feeling those emotions it's pretty cool but the second 
I even get like a small feeling of tearing up. I my defense mechanisms are clamping down. Like no, you're not showing the reaction. So from being a kid who doesn't didn't want to show the reactions to it becoming like a very standard thing to mm. my natural stoicism growing into like a very very hard defensive wall mm. um <clears throat> resulted in a lot of things later on in life like way way later no i'm not mm. saying my life was very tough or anything i had great opportunities i lived my life and uh, had some fun had probably the same more or less the same number of disappointments and setbacks as the next person <clears throat> but right it's essentially how you deal with them and my thing was to like like a pressure cooker if there's steam if there's pressure you right. just shove it down and it worked right. it worked for me because for a I while would, right how did you a, change that too i think i'd say it worked it worked till uh, for 32 years right it it is it was very subconscious plus when the scene got a bit out of hands a huge part of my consciousness would come in and you know nail the final uh, put the final nail on the coffin that no you're not reacting uh, right. what i would do is um when i was most disturbed i would shove all those feelings inside me deal with the mm-hmm. hurt it's kind of like a, a emotional heartburn if you will and right. over time that pain would recede and then i would sit down to examine the parts to try and fit right. logic in it analyze it am i reacting correctly mm. and that formula worked till recently mm. like till 32 years i'm 34 now it it worked till 32 yeah. years and i thought so what changed yeah uh, uh, at the end of 32 years i kind of had a rough patch i'll come to that So uh so I was explaining the process that is once the the mm. thing simmers down I then would become very analytical and try to fit logic and reason and uh right. just put the pieces back in places and to make sense to me mm. and I just thought okay I'm very clever first and foremost mm. and I am I'm pretty uh, emotionally strong or my right. emotional quotient is very high to do these things so I see people mm. around me crying and all and I tell you that I'm not judging them. I kind of have a respect for them for that they can let themselves go like that. But at the same time I would mm. see them behaving a bit irrationally, maybe saying things that they didn't mean or doing things that they regret later and I didn't want to regret. So I would just mm. like, you know, not that it's ironical. I don't it's not like I don't have regrets, but anyways. So that mm. meant right. that and this particular aspect about me is also what helped me in uh, dealing with people whenever they were in trouble um if i see someone in trouble i had the quintessential knight in shining armor uh, mm. men or women doesn't matter well yes women more of a soft spot friends sisters mothers whoever mm. if if i see them in some kind of distress i have to get down and deal with it because i had convinced myself a long time back that i can deal with anything because obviously my reaction is to shove it all down and deal with the consequences later mm-hmm. because of which um i have a lot of close friends who are your we call them your 2am friends and they still talk to me they have that ease i'm able to offer them solutions i'm able to offer them clarity of some sort because a mm-hmm. judgment isn't there plus i'm able to kind of be calm while talking to them and 
basically the understanding about human psychology was very good in some way i don't know how but organically if i may say so um which was funny because i met a bunch of people who had done um, you know the psychology masters and yet they would just be like you know i would i would just wonder like have you not understood what you've read like how is it not reflecting in how you're being or how you're thinking because i was still there for them i was still able to help them and it was a totally an uh, altruistic uh, intent nothing about ego nothing feeling oh i'm so awesome none of those i just like yeah. helping people and friends more so if they are friends more yeah. so if they are close ones yeah. so i always felt that can i didn't always felt i should take up psychology somewhere down the line somewhere somewhere and i and i still do so yeah. that was well, i mean you can if you want to i i definitely will some in uh, somewhere down the line but yeah. this yeah. also created a false uh, notion in my head that i know what to do and i'm good for myself yeah. like i'll still be confused at places but i would hmm. i would feel that you know okay i don't need to go to a psychologist because i kind of can handle hmm. my own stuff because i have a yeah. better apparently better understanding of psychology yeah. uh and oh i would have i would always push people to go meet a counselor because i always saw that as a very cool thing I, i mean i never had that stigma that if something's wrong with you you should hide it i and it's funny i'm mm-hmm. saying that but if you have something wrong mm-hmm. with it go see a shrink uh never use that word before i mean i don't use that word i prefer psychologist counselor psychiatrist whatever and mm-hmm. uh, having a father who himself is a counselor and he's got like people around the globe who call him and ask him as advice and he's he's got his own website stuff and going so that nature was always right. there mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so to help people and because you you understand you're more in tune with psychology you help people etc etc so right. <clears throat> all of that all of that seemed to going seemed to be going pretty uh, well smooth sailing so i thought but mm. um 2018 november mm. um i was in um uh, i i i jumped a lot of jobs so there there have been mm-hmm. some upheavals in my life whatever you know the usual ones mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i i jump i never stuck to a job because i i take up a job for the barest uh, minimum wage and that is to get a paycheck then i'll be mm-hmm. not happy with it and just walk out of it in any time like 6 months to 2 years or whatever there have been one or two jobs that was really amazing and i stuck around but there was something or the other that was always mm. <clears throat> that i that because i had to leave so i had mm. finally landed this job that i saw myself in like kind of a calling and i was really happy there and mm. well things didn't work out and i had to uh, uh, they asked me to leave mm. and that that was like one of, that was like the uh, what do you call the the first like crack. a tipping point or something yeah yeah like like in the chain reaction you you press one pressure point and like the butterfly effect mm. happens and everything crumbles so mm. that was the first one <clears throat> um technically it was long uh, due during that time i was also friends very very close friends with a girl and i didn't realize this but it was a toxic relationship okay um and i didn't see it so and uh, my my idea uh, or rather my um equation 
with that girl was besides a really close friendship that we that we cherish and all i'm also her support system and she had issues which she had told in the beginning that you know okay i have certain issues like she was clinically um, she was clinically diagnosed as having anxiety and stuff but i did not see the toxic part of it i did not see mm-hmm. when that dynamic over a period of 2 years and by 2 years i mean it 2 years was when around november december 2018 it had just mm-hmm. worsened as toxic relations too and it was now sitting here at this point in life i can look back and say that that was seriously seriously toxic and uh, terribly um harmful but back right. then i didn't back then i thought i was being a good guy i was being a knight in shining armor i was being there for my friend and right it took me a long time to realize that she was actually a manipulator and a very toxic person actually mm-hmm. and this was a pattern that she had i may have had glimpses but i chose to look at look away from them and say you know no she's hurting no she's not feeling well oh probably she's um you know at a tough spot and i need to be a good friend i need to be there for her i need to prove that i'm there for her and not and she played me like a fiddle i have no qualms in uh, admitting that she mm-hmm. so you know you can have a a tough object crash against a tough object but sometimes the easier thing is like you know uh, when a tough object meets like a very very seemingly uh, breakable object and the tough object softens you know like a what like basically like a river cutting through mountains kind of a analogy mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. basically her method of um, manipulation and was to to put up this image exactly the kind of image that i would rush and you know uh, extinguish myself completely into trying and help that person out right so, So so yeah or, toxic uh, friendships and relationships can definitely lead lead to you know um those mental health sort of cracks and you know insights and it was probably know, yeah. the icing on the top or mm-hmm. icing on the top of all the things that i had been accumulating over the years what you'd call as right. coping, coping mechanisms right so right. that happened so that's so, when you kind of realized you're more vulnerable than you think i actually didn't realize that I actually okay. didn't uh I didn't I was blind I was I was I can so when you're under a manipulator a toxic abuser mm-hmm. mental toxic mm-hmm. abuser they have certain mm-hmm. uh, methods to do this one is emotional blackmail um yeah. the mm-hmm. other is um I'm forgetting I, was, I I have not talked about this thing in a long time so I'm forgetting a second there is two things that what they do is uh, basically they are uh, they energy drainers so what they do is they try to mm-hmm. um very insecure people right and yeah. you telling them maybe like a narcissist and an empath kind of situation or i wouldn't call um, such a person an empath by a far far margin you know no they, i mean you being the empath and the kind of kind of Um, like I mean, we can't diagnose without knowing the details, but uh, uh, basically a toxic dynamic for sure. Yes. Uh, a black mm-hmm. hole and a sun. A sun is probably a million times the size of yeah. a black hole sometimes, yeah. but it yeah. will be absorbed into a black hole. So uh, these people. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot to mention one thing. Uh, from my college, I'd gone to uh, Nagpur, where my uncle mm-hmm. was, uh, my dad's elder brother. 
and okay. brilliant brilliant man one of the most brilliant man i've ever met sharp memory he he was in a very high government post but mm-hmm. he suffered from um, um split personality not split personality um bipolar disease sorry he had bipolar and towards the end of his life uh, he he's no more god rest his soul he also had schizophrenia and that was a thing right. that he he was one of those high functioning guys Yeah. A total like you put him in an office he's 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 perfect he's killing it but at home there were a lot of dynamics that happened i i could see the family i was living with the family and the family was uh, you know i was exposed to the kind of life that the family was living in it was right. toxic but again there are parts of him that he was such a such a great guy that sometimes you can't discern which part of him was yeah Yes, that course. is one thing i've understood about living with a with a mental patient like if the physical injury you maybe limp or it hurts but it kind of goes away but yeah. with the, with the and if you walk in in a crowded place people will see that you have a, a, a bandage on your leg or something and give you space and probably you know yes. make things better for you when yeah. the when the injury is internal like mental especially psychological it is tough you it is yeah. it is driving blind you don't know when what's going to happen you're always on tenter hooks you're always uh watching yes. out for uh, explosions rage uh, the number of times i've lost uh, sleepless nights while um trying to uh, pacify him because sometimes he'd have these rage luckily i'm a very big guy and I, it's not easy to mm-hmm. physically overpower me but then i've never used that element of my size as a dominating factor but yes i was one of the guys who could control him hold him down or right, right. having right. said that i still walk away saying that he is one of the most kickass people i met he lived like a king and he went out on his own terms right. <laughs> this guy and yeah. and if you want to if you want to throw studies at him like you know they say schizophrenics uh, uh, have habits like smoking drinking coffee and mm-hmm. i'm like boss until unless you yeah. live that life you have no idea you mm-hmm. not woken up at 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the night and made coffee for your uncle cuz he demanded it you not gone hunting for cigarettes at odd hours there was there's always the yeah. good guy the bad guy devil and uh, dr jekyll and hyde and just know which is which mm-hmm. but at mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. if i had to take it down to a common denominator that guy was i would i would really have huge huge respect and love for him in fact he's like yeah. kind of my buddy yeah. and i really feel bad i didn't couldn't make it to his um yeah. whatever reason but anyway so <laughs> like i say so you now just to give it a structure you really had a lot of experience with you know uh, people suffering from mental health uh, issues or in family or known uh, you know have been in a toxic relationship so there is an environment where you've kind of uh, understood mental health in your life as such we were I coming could, to that uh, yes, journey at 30 32 where things changed so let's get back to that one uh so like when things the, changed how did you start dealing with it differently I you're saying you used to be hard and you know you never showed a reaction and dealt with it on your own but then how did you change and how are you different today um so essentially all i had realized that i was having was coping mechanisms Mm-hmm. I I can mm-hmm. I can out drink anyone and <laughs> can go on partying and uh, you so know I didn't feel like that or no 
No, not at the moment. I mean, I call it my okay. Viking complex. I mean, throw me in a karaoke place and I'm the Viking there and like, but I'm the good Viking. I'm hugging people and talking to 10 different tables and all of them love me. It's a fact. Right. <laughs> I have people right. to prove it. No, um, so if I'm coming back to the thing, that toxic thing was getting over. I didn't realize that she was mm-hmm. pushing me away from my friends. Mm-hmm. We were constantly fighting and then making up and she would, she would like, you know, I'm not friends with you, etc, etc. I did not see it coming. And there's this stress, this is, this is, I can't describe it, it's like a mental, psychological stress that someone who's gone through it will look at you once and say, boss, you're under something, you're in a toxic relationship. And that's what happened. I reached a point wherein uh, my favorite job got uh, snatched away from me or rather didn't work out. This thing with uh, that uh, with that uh, person reached a breaking point unlike before it was like either her or I, I was given an ultimatum rather I had to choose some of my really closest friends or them whatever you know there was a lot of lying manipulation whatever she painted a picture about mm. them that just didn't agree with the image mm. I had about them and then I know them for a lot longer so uh, and oh she even tried to like uh, create a distance between my girlfriend and I who were then in a long-distance relationship. And my girlfriend would say, you know, uh, you're kind of giving her more attention than uh, required. And I would just brush it off and say, you know, you're being jealous. Don't be jealous. She's, 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 she needs help. She's not okay. You know, she needs help. Just give her compassion, blah, blah, blah. And it reached a really nasty point. And lucky for me, and this is where I'm really happy and that I'm surrounded by some really amazing folks. Um, I have a really beautiful, beautiful friend called uh, Chilu. She, mm-hmm. she is, she's, she's, well, she, she's a lot of things. She is, she is just, she, she, she was a, a flamenco dancer. She's had, uh, she's had some terrible, terrible personal tragedies in her life. She's had mm-hmm. paralysis on her right hand side and she kind of got herself out of it and she can walk and move now. So there's still some remnants. So if you take this person and if this person behaves like an asshole tomorrow, oh, she's a sound healer. She was psychologist, counseling psychologist mm-hmm. for 20 years. <clears throat> um, but she doesn't practice anymore. But she just happened to be in a circle where her and I just connected very well, like, you know, soul bond kind of a thing. And she kept calling so me. It's kind of life changing for you in a way. Oh, yeah. She's definitely, definitely mm-hmm. the one I would, would credit the most for completely throwing me into the end of um, this confusion that I had for a long time. I had a lot of unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who clarified. So, if this person, uh, what I was trying to say is if this person decided to go evil and become become an asshole tomorrow, if you know mm-hmm. about all that she's gone through, you'd kind of say, alright, you know what, you are justified in being an asshole. The sure. world's been like super shit. But this woman is just a fountain of hope and love and warmth she gives and gives like and uh, she and her partner fantastic folks okay so she kept calling me like i said we, we had a soul bond that i didn't realize and she said shant you need to come meet me something's off about you and when mm-hmm. finally that thing with that lady uh, reached a point and i reached out to her and i said i need to talk to you so she called me over mm-hmm. and there's one more thing about me i never talk about my problems to anyone right. I'm right. more of the right. take it in for two reasons one uh, it's very uncomfortable for me to talk about my I can talk about anything like I am kind of blabbering right now but 
when it comes to core stuff my feelings emotions and stuff i barely been able to talk to anyone including my family including my dad as awesome as he is it's because i've always felt that whenever i tried talking the message my my people have not been able to either understand my problem a and there's always a negative reaction somehow i end up fighting up fighting with those people like there'll be heated words some sorts so right. i i would like you know fuck yeah. this shit sorry if i'm swearing mm-hmm. i would be like mm-hmm. screw this uh, no point in talking right. to people i am all i have mm-hmm. i need to shove my emotions blah blah, blah. so i went to this lady mm-hmm. poured my heart mm-hmm. out to her she looked mm-hmm. at me and said you idiot you you're in a toxic abusive relationship i looked mm-hmm. at her and i'm like are you serious she said yes mm-hmm. this is exactly what a toxic abusive relationship is and she broke it down mm-hmm. to me as to the red flags if you call it or what is what etc etc because of which this is a toxic right. relationship then right. from there on she guided me she immediately asked me to put a stop talking to this person and it led right. to even more ridiculous scenarios i don't even want to get into that and right. she started counseling just for me so right. uh started started seeing her once a week for an hour or hour and a half or so and uh, her style of Is that the first time you were in sort of therapy well i did go to this one guy in baroda i forget this gentleman's mm-hmm. name he was he was into a little bit of hypnosis i, I can't find the term so he would um, right. kind of try to re- tell you to relax and you know feel your body loosen yeah. up Sure. I forget the guy's name. He's pretty famous, nice mm-hmm. gentleman. He even gave me this cassette with this mm-hmm. nice droning voice. You know, he's got this nice voice. Like, Shant, mm-hmm. relax, feel your neck, go soft into the pillow, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I, I did yeah, feel a little like better. Yeah, like a guided meditation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did feel a little better with him, but then I couldn't pursue it with him later on for for whatever sure. reason. But with her, sure. I would say it's my first proper proper psychological counseling session began. Right. And. Right. every week i went to her and she slowly and steadily broke away all the years and years of coping mechanism or uh, what do you call that dependencies that i had built upon to sure. run away mm-hmm. or negate from my true emotions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she just demystified she was the one or two or three people that i felt that could uh, completely uh sorry about the noise completely like make me understand that what is going on with me you know okay sorry everyone i think uh, we got disconnected um so shant uh, you want to continue you were talking about your friend yeah um chilu so she helped me uh one of the few people who actually helped me understand uh, how things are working with me uh, gave me clarity right. and every session of with her would just make me feel light headed and and like i as if i had a lot on my plate at the same time um, yes i'm sure so slowly steadily uh, she kind of uh, she, i i would definitely say she kind of uh, like i've been swimming in the abyss for a while kind of thinking i can i got this mm-hmm. but i would say that she helped me focus all of that whatever latent understanding or organic understanding i had about psychology about myself and sure. that is that's actually where my interest and journey into psychology began 
to be very honest because mm-hmm. i started because mm-hmm. i finally focused inwards into what makes right. me tick or doesn't so on and so right. forth right okay so what i want to say is that um there's uh, i'm i'm very happy there's so much more that we could speak about with one of okay. one my first question at your beginning of your mental health journey and i think with chance uh, as i was mentioning to you we can make this into a series where i had a few other questions that we can kind of talk about each question separately on a podcast because there's so much that you can talk about and i'm glad that you can <laughs> so Maybe you're not here one thing <laughs> <laughs> no i'm glad so i'm glad that you are so first of all i want to thank you uh, for you're being welcome, so Basha. open it's a pleasure because to it, be here No because it's not easy to open up about your life and I mean this is going to be on a podcast so anybody can listen to it and it's nice for you to just openly talk about it my second question which we will deal with next time is this whole thing about how um, I mean I, it it is a generalization but how men tend to kind of bottle up their emotions and maybe we can have a small chat on that for the next time so for today I'm going to end it here Shan For sure, I'll and make I'm, my I'm brief for the next time. Thank you. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, Basha. <laughs> All right. Bye, Shad. Have a great day, sweetheart.